Welcome to Montana Wedding Talk, the podcast that takes you on an enchanting journey into the heart of Montana's vibrant wedding scene. I'm your host, Erica Sherrick, and I'm thrilled to be your guide as we explore the magic, stories, and insider tips of planning your dream wedding in the breathtaking landscapes of Montana. Join me each week as I sit down with talented local vendors, uncovering their unique expertise and offering valuable insights to couples planning their special day. From rustic mountain ceremonies to elegant lakeside affairs, we've got your Montana wedding covered. Tune in for engaging conversations, helpful tips, and the inspiration you need to make your wedding day truly extraordinary. This is Montana Wedding Talk, where love meets the big sky. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Montana Wedding Solutions. I guess I can just call this like Montana Wedding wedding Talk, too. Um, We have with us today an extraordinary photographer, Sabrina Hansen, and we're just going to, we're going to see what she's all about and, and uh, how you can learn from her. So Sabrina, hi. Hi. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, so you're up, what, what location are you in, in uh, Montana? Currently I am in Shelby, Montana, but I service the whole state of Montana. Okay. And I grew up with family all across the state. So I really got to know a lot of the state growing up in some special small locations and stuff that may not be big on the map, <laughs> but I really enjoy showing up to those areas too. There's a lot. I know there's, um, I know a lot of photographers, they have their like secret spots that they don't like to share with people specifically because they're so hidden and breathtaking and, and, you know, but you know, when couples come here, you might have to hike a little bit to get Mm -hmm, for sure. So it's not like, you know, you're just driving down the road and here's this beautiful picturesque scene and you just stop and get out. I mean, it's like, sometimes you have to kind of track. But the fun part is the adventure a lot of the time for the couples too. <laughs> That's, that is very true. So how long, like, I guess, how long have you been, been doing photo- wedding photography specifically and what made you get into it? So I've been a wedding photographer for about four and a half years now. I was attending grad school in University of North Dakota, actually in biology for fish and wildlife management. <laughs> and I was loving it, but I also was missing the creative side of life. Yeah. I sold wildlife drawings. I did a lot of art growing up and I got a camera in undergrad. I really never took off too much of it during undergrad and during grad school. I just loved capturing what was around me. It was quick art. I loved it. I loved the landscape and the wildlife I would see at work. And I just loved it. One day I had a friend ask me to do some family photos and some seniors. And then next thing I knew, I had a gal ask me to be a second shooter for a wedding. And I was like, I'm not much of a wedding person. I was honestly not the girl growing up who wanted to be a part of big weddings. I never really dreamed of that. And I went and shot this wedding. I was like, I actually enjoy wedding days. It's the before part that I really enjoyed that I never saw before because I was never part of a wedding. Right. And from there, I started second shooting and gathering as much information as I could on YouTube, through education. Um, and from there, I started taking wedding photos and I absolutely love it. I love the adventures we get to go on, the family members that I get to meet, and just the connections everyone has. Even though I wasn't a big wedding girl, I was definitely a Hallmark girl growing up, and I love Hallmark movies. And honestly, wedding days are like the Hallmark of everyone's couple story. They're beautiful, and they're scenic, and I just love seeing the connections of everyone. I know. When I was, I mean, I was the same way. I didn't, I was not a, you know, I'm going to have this big grandiose wedding and all this stuff. People make fun of me because it's like, well, you're a planner. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a whole nother story. And then like you, I mean, it's like the, the back end of it, the stuff that nobody sees that, you know, that anticipation before, you know, um, they, they line up to go get married you know, what, what would you say, you know, I know there's a lot of the, the candid and posing and, and all of that. What is your wedding, st- you know, shooting style? What, what do you prefer? So I prefer more Western style weddings for sure. Mm-hmm. Big adventure. Although I do love the family home 
ranch yeah. weddings. That's really what I do love. And I do love the traditional photos in Candids. And I try to always capture the traditional photos, you know, the photo that grandma and grandpa want of just a portrait of yeah. those two smiling at the camera in the dancing photos of the couple swing dancing together and out in the area that they're getting married. But I also do love, you know, the little moments. I always love to see when couples, they'll like play footsie with each other underneath yeah. the table and yeah. stuff. And I like capturing that and like grandma crying in the background and the hugs of everyone, you know, it's really it's those special moments that everyone else may be missing, but it's a documentation of what really happened for the couple on that day. Oh my God. And so I really try to document the day for them. I, I bet, And that's the kind, I mean, those are the kind of moments that I know the couple, they're not thinking about when, you know, then they say, okay, I need to get a wedding photographer because they're thinking of just, you know, specific photos or whatever. And then yeah. I know, you know, when they get their photos back, they're just like amazed at what was captured because they have no idea. Yeah, I love just like the little details and the heartfelt, honestly, the messages I've gotten from a lot of my brides not realizing, you know, their grandmother was crying in the background or all these little details or, you know, a gift a grandparent gave them like hiding in the corner, really pretty, like they love those special memories because sometimes yeah. those photos last longer than the actual thing that was gifted to them, absolutely. but it's the memories. Oh, absolutely. So, so talking about this, what are your, some of your favorite wedding moments? So some of my favorite wedding moments, um, honestly, the first look is always <laughs> probably my favorite of the day. It doesn't matter if they're coming down the aisle or if they're just doing a first look before the wedding seeing the groom so emotional or the father and mother so emotional too. It's the raw feelings. I don't, you know, I don't want to be in in the way of the feelings. I just want to capture what's there and let them enjoy each other for the minute. And the heartfelt messages parents give their kids or the couple gives each other too. in those few seconds that they have like holding each other. That is the honest, sweetest thing of the day. I mean, I love, the dancing I love the fun of the parties I enjoy the rest of the day but those ones get to my heart and make me start crying sometimes oh my gosh I'm glad you said that because I swear I'm like I I have done I don't know how many hundreds of weddings and I still there's um one point in a wedding that I lose it and that's when the bride walks down the aisle with her father or the groom walks down the aisle with his mom you know I mean it's just I just like that's it and everybody looks at me like why are you crying you you do this all the time and I'm like yeah but it's it's that moment but I want to go back yeah and I want to go back and talk about first looks a little bit do you I know that they're becoming more and more um more common than they used to be And explain a little bit about, you know, the pros and cons of having a first look versus not having a first look. So, yeah, the first look, it's definitely become more often that they do a first look before the um, ceremony itself. So this is where the couple sees each other. They're all dressed up. And I go place the groom, or sometimes it's the dad, but normally we're just talking about the groom at this moment. Place the groom somewhere in the scenic spot and make him look someplace until I go get the bride and have her walk up, tap the shoulder and turn around and stuff. And they just get to see each other alone and enjoy that moment together versus a first look walking down the aisle where that's the first time that the groom gets to see his bride all dressed up for the day. And more and more often I'm seeing these brides and grooms do the first look before the ceremony, not just for the point of the timeline. It does speed up the timeline quite a bit because then you can do family photos beforehand. You can get all the bridesmaids and couple or bridesmaids and groomsmen together, do all the couples photos together before the ceremony. So you have more time afterwards to hang out with your, uh, everyone attending your wedding. But also I'm seeing it for the fact too, these couples, Sometimes if they aren't doing a first look, they don't see each other till four o'clock in the afternoon or even five at some of these later weddings. And yes, the day is about them together, but they aren't even seeing each other. 
Right. And while that is very special and some people love the first look down the aisle and I don't blame them because that's where you really get the raw emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want your groom crying when you walk down the aisle, that's the most likely way that that's going to happen. Right. But it gives them a chance to be together. They get to hang out together for the day, visit with their friends more, get to enjoy the moment. And a lot of them, I've actually had couples take 15 minutes after their first look and have snacks together or exchange gifts and just really enjoy the day together. The first time I ever saw that was with my cousin and his wife. And honestly, they were the most blissful couple I've ever been around the entire day because they just they wanted to hang out with each other. And that was what was important to them. Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely love I've got a lot of couples that what they'll do is, you know, they do that first look, but that's when they'll take some time and say their actual, like read their actual vows to each other. So mm-hmm. as, you know, some people, they don't like to be the center of attention. They don't want all these people and they don't feel comfortable saying all this, you know, sentimental heartfelt stuff in front of like the world. So they take that time and do it then. And then, you know, when they, I think, the, I think they still get emotional, that whole, you know, walking down the aisle thing. It's kind of like, oh, this is real. Like this is happening now. Yes. And I find it when it hits them. So, you know, yeah, you lose some of it, but I think it's still some of it that's still there. Oh, but- for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've had couples who have renewed their vows. Like they got married in the yeah. courthouse, but then they decide they want to do a wedding together and they still, you know, walking down the aisle, they wore the same dress they did to the courthouse yeah. and their groom's still sobbing and it hits right. them. They're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? I'm actually right. doing this, even though they're already married. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I just, I, I really I think not. And again, it's not just because of the timeline and, you know, they get more time with their guests and stuff, but it's just to have that moment together with no one around so they can just be themselves, you know, and not, you know, oh my gosh, I've got all these people staring at me. And, you know, so, you know, that's, that's just a thing, but what do you do? to prepare. I mean, we, we were talking a little bit earlier um, before we went live about how different Montana weddings are compared to other States. And, you know, just what do you do to prepare and what are some of the things that make shooting in Montana so different? So I always make sure, you know, if the couple doesn't have a specific venue that they were, um, having their wedding at say that it's in the forest service or they want to go to glacier park or somewhere i research all the rules there's so many rules about who you have to pay um if you have to apply a lot of times you have to get permits so many months in advance and sometimes you can't get them a year in advance you have to wait till three months beforehand and And so i really yeah yes they constantly change and so i really make sure to work with my couples and make sure they know what the rules are and try to help them apply for these permits, get this stuff approved so that they aren't stressed about having to change a wedding day. They are following all the rules so they don't get fined. If you go and have a wedding in Glacier Park and you don't follow the rules, you can get fined for that. And sometimes photographers don't let their couples know that. And that's on us photographers and honestly other vendors to make sure that we're following the rules and helping our couples who this is their first time getting married probably understand the rules. And so there's a lot of that in preparation to just make sure that we're following all the rules And, you know, a lot of times it's leave no trace, make sure everything's cleaned up at the end of the day. We don't want to leave the place worse off than we found it. And so that's another thing, too. And, you know, for surprise proposals, I research if I can take pictures in that place, what the weather is going to look like for that day. I mean, weddings, too. It could be a rainstorm. It could be snowing in the middle of July. We have to be prepared for that stuff. And sometimes you end up hiking to where you want to go get married too. And so you need to know the area. A lot of the times I'll go scope out the area a month in advance and go hike it and take photos for my couples and let them know what they should bring to prepare for that hike. You know, it, it may be a one mile hike, but it's 500 feet of elevation change right away and they're dying. So we don't want to leap 15 minutes before, you know, we want to start. We don't want to lose the sunset. 
but there's but there's also things to consider you know i mean you said whether there's lighting and you know because the weather changes the lighting changes and Mm -hmm. you know i know that you know couples they they see a picture and they're like i want this well you know you may or may not be able to have that and i know i had a couple that all they wanted was snow-capped mountains in August. And I'm just like, well, um, maybe. I don't know. It's just, I, I can't get yeah, We have to be honest with our couples. We yeah. can't make miracles happen. No. But, you know, shooting against a mountain or a mountain range is a totally different skill set than shooting on flatland, correct? Oh yeah. I take so much time looking at to where I'm going to do elopements or weddings or any session that I have, what the mountain area looks like, what you know, direction the mountains are, because a lot of times you lose sunlight an hour beforehand or the sun hits a mountain and you can, it washes everything out. It's a lot of work looking at the, what the weather is going to be, what angle you want your couple to be at to avoid certain sunlights. And sometimes it's so smoky and fiery, you know, if it's a, <laughs> a couple session that you could move a month, you move it because yeah. There's so much smoke. You can't even see the mountains. You know, I've had weddings where the cut in Flathead where it was beautiful, but it was middle of fire season, first week of September. And, you know, we were hoping to have the full Flathead Lake showing and you saw the water, you saw a couple of yeah. hills, but you couldn't see the mountains across and yeah. learning how to shoot in smoke and make sure everything's crisp and clean and enough light takes some time too. It's a lot of planning around right. our mountains. Right. Yeah. So it's not just as as simple as I'm going to grab my camera and let's go, you know? No, it never is. Oh my gosh. So when a couple calls you, you know, what's your process of, of working with them? So my first step is to just talk to them and get to know them personally, you know, how they met, what they're looking for in their wedding, you know, what are the key features that they want? Are they wanting something mountainous? Are they wanting more valleys? Are they wanting something intimate? Are they wanting a big group gathering? You know, normally they have this stuff decided before they talk to me for the most part, because most people choose their wedding uh, venues first, but every once in a while I've had couples come and talk to me before they've chosen anything Mm -hmm. else. And so I try to figure out what they're looking for. And, um, then I make sure that I fit what they want. They may have seen beautiful photos from me, but I want to make sure, you know, that they like the traditional photos. They like candids. I don't want somebody coming to me and just seeing one pretty photo and not knowing what they're going to get from me and hiring me and being like, oh, I didn't, you know, I wanted extremely grainy photos in all of my photos. Right. I want to make sure they've looked through some of my portfolio and understand what I shoot. And then I see, you know, what kind of timeline they're wanting to capture for the day. Are they wanting to capture from the very moment that they get up in the morning? Maybe sometimes they have breakfast with family before they get ready all the way till dark, or are they just looking for four hours, you know, just a very small, intimate wedding. I make sure to know what they are wanting to give them these custom packages. And I send them, um, an investment guide that's about three pages long and it gives them uh, a lot of information about what my process looks like that to book with me they have to sign a contract and of course pay the deposit and then that I send over a questionnaire and a wedding guide and that they're more than welcome to talk to me at any point throughout their planning and then I also will talk to them about six weeks beforehand with a questionnaire looking for their timeline looking for what photos are important to them any details of their day that they're wanting to share with me and jump on another phone call beforehand. I make sure that they know what to expect right. because I, the worst thing I think as a bride is to just get hit with things cold, you know, yeah. Oh, I need to have a timeline more than a week before my wedding. Like they don't need to be stressed out by that. They need to have right. clear information of what they really want to know. Yes. And so I just make sure they know what to expect from me and ask them if they're wanting anything else, if they have more questions, but that's really where it starts for me is just making it sure they're clear that we fit well together, that um, they know what to expect from me. That's, and I think, you know, with, 
you know, photographers, you know, these are, you guys capture some of the most intimate moments and they have to feel comfortable in front of you. And how, you know, I'm sure you get a, a lot of people who are like, I hate to have my picture taken. I don't feel comfortable getting my picture taken. You know, what are some of the things that you do to just kind of to relax and ease them so that it's not like, you know, cause I, I think a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to pose and they're going to take a picture and I'm going to look stupid because, you know, I'm going to have this look on my face or I'm not going to smile. Right. Or, you know, that kind of thing. So what do you just, what's your, yeah. What's your so thing? I always try to let my couples know before even the wedding starts or any session that I do with them, if they feel like they don't know what they're doing, that's okay. I will take the time and pose them and I, they don't like smiling, staring at the camera. They can turn away and kiss their couple. You know, they, if they feel a moment coming, they can follow that for sure, but they don't have to feel those moments. Sometimes those don't come along. I know I honestly hate getting my photos taken. I'm one of those people. And <laughs> so I try to be a camera. <laughs> yes. And I, so I try to get my couples to do something fun. So I'll start with like a walking away shot, walking towards me. So they don't feel like they're smiling at the camera. You know, they kind of get yeah. a moment together and I swing dancing. One thing I love about Montana couples, most people know how to swing dance or at least right. twist the girl around and stuff. And they kind of joke around. They might trip up a little bit. They get to laughing. I ask them, you know, get them to tell jokes of each other and I just try to slowly, like, if they don't know what to do with their hands, I can tell instantly. And I just instantly, okay, let's place your hand here. You know, let's do these things. And I show them a couple photos, show that they're turning out good because they relax then. They aren't stressed yeah. as much. Right. I think that's the key is, is is when you show them right away. And I think that's one of the, you know, back, back in the day when it was just um, film cameras, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't show them. You couldn't show them, and they were just like, "Oh my gosh, what are they going to look like?" But you can show them on the spot. I mean, this is a raw image. I haven't done anything to it, and look how wonderful and beautiful it is. And I think mm -hmm. that helps kind of relax them and go, "Okay, you know, yeah, got it. definitely." Yeah. And I think wedding couples too. Sometimes I've went and had coffee with them or met up at yeah. breweries beforehand, so they get to know me personally, and they feel. Right more like there's a friend around versus yeah. somebody standing over the top. Oh, you got to move your hand like this. Yeah. Like that's not going to help them feel warm and fuzzy during the day. Instead, it takes them out of the moment. Like, wait, what's happening? Right. And so I want them to feel comfortable. And I try to stay, say like during a first look, you know, I get the pictures I need and then I back up yeah. and I make sure they have the room to talk to each other and that they don't think, Oh my God, she's listening to me. Right. I can capture the moments from a distance. I have a, two lenses on two cameras for a reason I can zoom up and get the cute you know crying yeah. tears that from what you're telling your fiance without having to be in your face and ruining your moment yeah. I think that's something too yeah I, I I can see that couples sometimes may shy away from the first look because they think that you know we're gonna have this really intimate moment and there's like strangers around you know and it's it's like not it's not like that at all I mean, mm -mm, no. Yeah. And I try to make sure that's clear to my couples too. Like I'm giving you the space when you need yeah. it to just enjoy the day. So, you know, that, you know, they love, they love their group photos. Yes. So how do you, how do you manage the group photo shot? Because sometimes that can be a little nerve wracking. It can be a little hectic, but honestly, I love it because okay. yes, I can get, I'm normally a very quiet person and I'm not too boisterous throughout the day. You know, I let moments happen and stuff, but I've also been told by a lot of people during group shots that I have a very good teacher's voice Good, and I can get loud and I make sure people can hear me. And so to wrangle everyone together, I tell them, you know, like get together. Here's how we're going to line up. I'm very loud. And then I go and like, I'll ask, hey, can I, we move your flowers down just a little bit, get everything set up nice, get some smiling ones, you know, get the basic traditional ones out of the way. So we always have those. But then from there, I love the goofy shots. You know, you can really play off of the um, 
groomsmen and the bridesmaids yeah. like some of the groomsmen they have suspenders and if you get them yep. to pull them out they get so <laughs> excited about it or like they'll pull up their shoe and show off their a boot like a girl yeah. with a dress and their high heels like playing with them on that you know if they want to take shots if they want to go do piggyback rides I really try to play off the group some groups are more subtle and we can play off of that too you know tell a joke about um what the groomsmen something about the groomsmen a funny joke right. that they have internally and with the bridesmaids like piggyback rides or dancing together or just goofing off like I really try to play on the groups because that's where the fun photos come out the ones oh, that they can, love yeah I mean you can really see their personalities through there because I know oh yeah when when I when I get when I get the pictures and see them and it's just like okay you know yes standard standard shot but then you get to see like oh I remember that moment. Oh my God, that was so funny. You know, and those, I, I feel like those are the ones that people really seem to enjoy. I mean. Yeah. And I've had like groomsmen, you know, they come in and they're very like, oh my gosh, yeah, I have yeah. to take a picture. They are not enthused. And then by the end, they're laughing so much. They're like, that was fun. And I'm like, this is the point of this. You know, yeah. we just get to have fun. Like I've had a bridesmaid climb to the top of a grain uh, been for it. us. And I love just it. Off. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you deal with, you know, low light and challenging conditions? I mean, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that earlier, but you know, there are, we, there's always something like always. There is light is always changing. And as much as we're prepared for it, I think just taking the time and changing your settings when you need to first step because that sun's going to change on you and you need to be prepared for it but so starting out the day I like showing up half an hour early to what time I'm supposed to take photos mm -hmm. just in case of course like there's a flat tire or something <laughs> like that but also for the fact or mud I mean in Mon knowing right. Montana's snowstorms who exactly. knows but I also love walking around the venue or the location I'm at and going through, like, if there's three different indoor spots, I'm going to go down and write on my hand the Kelvin settings that I have, which is the warmth to cool tones for that right. room to make sure everything matches. So I can walk in that room, twist my dial, yeah. call it good. Helps so much in post-processing. Post <laughs> and then also... I take the time and play with my flash a little bit on the indoors, make sure the settings right for each spot so that I have the settings right when I walk into the space. Now, lighting changes outdoors and indoors throughout the day. And I think a lot of that has come through with just taking the time to practice, put myself in those environments. You know, yeah. I was, when I first started weddings, I would start at home and put myself in a dark room trying to take photos of like my dog right. or a friend. Right. And just putting myself in that. But a lot of the times it's working with the settings and using my experience, you know, bouncing my flash off the ceiling may be great yeah. until the ceiling's too high or it's yellow. Right. And then right. it comes off funny. So you have to get, you know, I got a diffuser for my light. You know, I work through with what's going on. But if my test shot doesn't look good, I immediately change something because I don't want to miss a photo and have something ruined because of that. Right. So, you know, when you go through, there's inevitably you do, you, you do post-process editing on some things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people like over-edited. I know there's some photographers that they like to put all kinds of special effects and, and you know, because that's what the client wants. So be, aside from that, what are some of your post-processing -pro um, editing processes? I use processes. Yeah. So I start with like, of course, I call my photos. So that means I sort them out, which ones I want to keep, which ones I don't, just so I'm not spending extra time on the ones we don't want to keep. And then I go through, I have created my own style. They're called we call them presets, but it's stuff I created. I figured out has worked throughout time. And I go through and I try to pick a photo from each scene. Mm -hmm. And I just go through and figure out which of my settings works with these presets well for each scene so that these scenes flow together. But a lot of the times I got to change the coloration. I got to change my temperature, the lighting, get rid of noise in there, which I love. Lightroom put out a new thing about a year ago called Denoise, and it gets rid oh. of so much of that yeah. uh, noise from the ISO being super high in these dark rooms that made everything look grainy and hard mm -hmm. to see. Yeah. 
it's a lifesaver. But seeing what settings work and my styles work for each of these locations so that the whole gallery comes together. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want one photo looking from early morning getting ready to you know, the sunset dancing to look like it was taken completely by someone else. I want the right. colors to match right. together. That's the same wedding. So I take the time to do that. Um, and I probably have 20 different presets I created for myself of just different lighting because lighting changes everything. Yeah. And sometimes I have to turn up the oranges more or down because of a bridesmaid's dress trying to get the right coloring with that sometimes there's some difficultness with that and then always make sure that the bride's dress is white Mm -hmm. you know I don't want a yellow or blue cast coming off of that then from there I go through do my sneak peeks and then I take those colors and I move them on to the rest of the photos from those scenes and I edit them more light or darker because in 10 minutes outside those clouds will move and your lighting will change you know and I I take time doing that. And then I go through and I look at the gallery all together and make sure all the colors work after that. Then I start my cropping. Then I start going through. I don't do too much with blemishes. I'll get rid of a zit or something, you know, someone has off that day, you know, to smooth out their skin a little bit. But I am not one. I'm not going to change what your wedding day looks like. That was their wedding day. And I make sure my clients know that too before they book me that this is a representation of their day. I'm not going to add a mountain in the background (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) Easy with Photoshop anymore. Photoshop me into this scene. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean... You know, people don't understand. They they think that photographers just like they come in, they're there for, you know, four, six, eight hours or whatever, and that's it. But most of your work is after is the afterwards. Fact. You know, how many yeah, hours it, do you spend fo- I mean, you know, editing and preparing photos? For a wedding, it can be 30 to 70 hours, and I've had them go farther than that. You know, yeah. it's two weeks of full-time work sometimes for one wedding and that doesn't include everything beforehand of getting contracts contacting my brides talking you know doing all this other pre-work there's hundreds of hours involved in every wedding and I love it but it's so much more work after the fact than the wedding the wedding is the best part of the whole work (laughs) but that's and that's the thing because it's like in this world we live in of instant gratification there are some things that you can't like you know, you got, you all photographers do the sneak peeks, you know, you get a few Mm -hmm. photos that you do real quick so that they can, you know, to kind of here's, yes, we're working on these and here they are. So you have something, but you know, if you shoot a thousand photos, which I'm sure you can shoot a thousand photos pretty easily. I mean, normally I walk home with five, 6,000 photos from an eight hour day. And then I narrow it down to about 1200 right but to just even sort through I was gonna say, 6, I mean, photos yeah I mean that's hours of of looking at angles and lighting and and you know what you feel is is the best picture and what's not and then having to go through so you know when 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 photographers tell people it's going to be you know x amount of weeks before you get this there's a reason you know you can yeah you can totally give them all these photos that are undone and, and, you know, that's great. But if they want the product, what they paid for, it's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I try to make it very clear with my couples, you know, how many photos they'll get for their sneak peeks within a few days. But after that, I tell them it's going to be at least eight weeks, probably, if not longer, because I'm also doing other weddings. I'm also trying to get through all of this. And I don't overbook myself for that reason. I've never gone past my timeline for them. Yeah. But it takes a lot of time. It really yeah. does. And, you know, say there was a difficult lighting situation like that denoising program in Lightroom. Uh-huh. It might take 60 seconds per photo. And if you have 200 photos there, you have to let your computer run overnight, basically. because And it's hard on your equipment for this stuff. Yeah, But that's, you know, and that's some of the stuff that even um, other vendors, you know, they're like, they have it so easy. They just come in, they shoot, they have fun, and then they leave. And it's like, no, they don't. No, really. You know. Well, and 
And there's a lot of during the day helping the timeline go smoothly. That really is unless you have a wedding coordinator. That's right. a lot of the photographer's job. You know, if you're running 15 minutes late, I'm going to be the one trying to find 15 minutes throughout the day of getting everything we want, but getting right. it done quickly. Right, right. And that puts an extra stress on. I mean, because I know as, as a planner coordinator that trying to corral people sometimes takes takes time and it does and if you don't have somebody to do that for you you know you have to stop what you're doing corral everybody and then get everything you know so it's it's everything's like double the time really oh yes yeah and you're thinking of 20 things at a different time like I have fixed wedding dresses because I know how to hand sew and I've Right, bridesmaid go down a bouncy house and then river dress. Perfect. And I've had, you know, you get stains. You some. I've had a cake show up and there was no flowers on it like they asked for, and so I had two minutes yeah. and I decorated the cake for them. There's a lot of that to making sure the day goes smoothly for the right. couple. Right, and I think that's also where, you know, people don't understand that you're doing things that aren't your job. You know, it's, it's, you're going above and beyond to ensure that, you know, their day goes well. And, you know, so appreciate that and know that it is not the photographer's job, you know, and if they're, if they're doing that stuff, then my gosh, you know, show them some love. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. I think Montana photographers, that's one thing too. There's very rarely any sort of wedding coordinators, around here because that's just not in the budget a lot of the time or it's not something any of their friends ever had and so these photographers are used to doing this they don't have to but that's part of the service that they're providing is this help and helping your day go smoothly helping you plan it or normally that's a wedding coordinator's job right right and I mean so it's just it that's just the way it goes here because you know again Mm -hmm. we talked about Montana it's a different animal out here. So how do you ensure that clients are satisfied when they get their pictures? You know, do you have a set amount of edits or, you know, that they can do? Yeah. So first of all, when the clients get their sneak peeks, I want to hear like their complaints or what they're happy about, because I'm willing to fix the, you know, if, as long as it's nothing crazy, I'm not going to add the mountains in the background, like I was saying. Right. But they know that before they ever even book with me. But I, you know, if this bridesmaid's dress is supposed to be a little bit more orange colored than I was originally seeing it in the photos, I can change that. You know, I try to fix it there before I do the whole gallery. That's my first step. And then at the end of delivering the gallery, I do send a feedback questionnaire asking them what they loved about their photos, what they loved about their wedding day, you know, so that I even know how to help wedding days go smoother too, but also what went bad on their wedding day, what they would have changed, what they want different maybe in the photos. And I do allow um about 20 photos to re-edit if it's a big edit change but if they if it's a small edit change and it takes me two hours I'll go do it on all the photos you know I'll try to be as helpful as I can for my couples I've only ever had one couple ask me to change like bridesmaids dresses to be honest I really haven't had much um which surprises me do I even need to ask what do you mean change bridesmaids dresses like the colors were yeah so um so a lot of times in edits your colors will show through a little bit more red or orange or yellow sometimes and so this dress was more of a burnt orange in my opinion of the color but the bride thought that her dresses were red that she ordered for the gal but to my eyes they look more burnt orange but I'm like I just changed, there's little settings you can change for specific colors. So you can take the red to orange color and pull it more red. Okay. Just for, you can mask out the dresses. So it's not changing the colors of anyone's faces, nothing else. And you can change that to be a little bit more red. It's more complicated, but since I knew she wanted that from the beginning, she was hoping for more red. And when the dresses showed up, to be honest, they were just less red. And she told me that she was hoping that they would be more red when they showed up. I could just pull the colors a little bit more red. And it's not a huge change. It's not like I'm making a yellow dress, a red dress. Right. Right. 
how the editing of the colors showed and reflected what happened during the day. Because, you know, there's some, there's some brides out there that, you know, they decide they don't like the dress at all and they want a whole different dress. I mean, I don't put things past people. So, (laughs) so what advice do you have for couples who are looking for a photographer? So my biggest advice, look into, ask for portfolios, ask to see the photos that these photographers have taken. Because if you see one photo on Instagram, and to be honest, even 50 photos on Instagram, those are the highlights, you know, that's not showing what they captured the whole day. And sometimes it's, you know, I love some photographers work and I've had them shoot my friend, you know, they shot my friend's wedding or something. I see the whole gallery afterwards and it's not what they expected. Yeah. You know, there were less traditional shots or it was a lot grainier than they expected or the lighting, you know, that they do inside just wasn't what they were hoping for. So seeing a full gallery is really great. It really helps you get to know the photographers work better and for different lighting styles too. Right. Um, Also just looking how long they have been working and get on a phone call with them. 100% recommend that to clients. Get on a phone call with them because you may love their work, but if you just don't hit it off right away, you don't want someone you that doesn't fit your personality with you your entire wedding day. It's important to get along with your photographer and, you know, ask for reviews. I don't, I've had clients ask for that and I send it because that's part of the service is you're showing that you are a reputable person. And, um, you know, if somebody's more of an editorial style in big cathedral churches, Mm-hmm. They may not enjoy taking weddings at your family farm as much. And the style will turn out a lot different. And so really preparing yourself that way. Find a photographer who specializes in what photos you love. Mm-hmm. You know, not the first person you saw online, but the, somebody who specializes <laughs> in the kind of wedding you're hoping to have. Right. And, so well, a and a lot of people, when they when they pick out vendors, they look specifically at price and that's it. Yes. And... I understand that there's budgets, but, you know, if, if somebody's out of your reach, you know, yeah, you can still talk to them and see if, you know, if you really, really love their photos, maybe you cut down the amount of hours that they're there, maybe, you know, or something, but, um, what do you, what do you have to say? You know, what do you have to say about that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're going to get honestly what you paid for. That's really what it is. And so, you know, I'm taking a couple's photos here this summer and we're only doing four hours. They're having a whole wedding day. They love my photos. They knew they wanted that style. And I'm going to come take, you know, ceremony photos, family photos, couples photos, and a little bit of reception photos, all of that for four hours. And so it is a cheaper price. They can afford it because they can afford my full budget, right. which is fine. But then they aren't paying somebody what they could afford and hating all of their wedding photos. That's going to be the honest thing. You don't want to come home and be like, I have two good photos from this and I don't even want to post them, you know, where you could have spent the money, like you said, on a shorter amount of time. And I also say too, look around. It doesn't hurt for two weeks to contact a lot of, um, a lot of photographers. Sometimes they'll give discounts if it's a Tuesday wedding or they'll give a discount if it's, January too in the off season it doesn't hurt to ask photographers and it's not saying oh can I get a discount here it's like hey what are your rates for this day that's really what it is yeah I think a a lot of people they're afraid to ask you know Mm -hmm. if you just had that open conversation with them and say you know here's my budget I absolutely love your work you know how can we make this happen how can you work with me you know, and, and you, like, I had a couple that they could only afford two hours. And, and so, you know, it was ceremony. And then we kind of changed the timeline around so that we could get all those, those key moments, you know, and, you know, so it's working with, yeah. Yeah. So I, the last question, well, I've got two more, but there's so many photographers out there. And, you know, Montana is a hotspot. What advice do you have for new upcoming photographers, especially those who wanted to shoot in Montana? 
So my biggest advice is to, first of all, second shoot. I know it's not as big as some states into getting second shooters. I mean, I was over in Iowa for a couple months and they were asking for second shooters left and right on Facebook groups and stuff. But reach out to those photographers in the surrounding area that you respect their work and ask to second shoot. Sometimes it may be for free and don't do that all the time, but a few times to get your foot in the door because you're providing them a service for free You and then they will be willing to teach you something. And that helps you to know if you even like wedding photography. A lot of people don't. A lot of people love landscape and families and they do it one day. They're like, this is not for me. Yeah. And also you don't get yourself into bad situations either by doing it for free for a friend and then running a relationship over it. That's Mm -hmm. a huge thing is sometimes these people who are asking for the biggest discount they can get free from a friend they're expecting the world and you can't deliver you've never shot a wedding before right right it's a huge part so and then as much education as you can get get online find you know a photographer you love that provides education watch youtube videos take the time to learn as much as you can to be honest that's how i ended up learning and most photographers i know we didn't go to college for this for the most part right right we found a love in it and we spent our free time learning about it and getting ourselves in work on getting yourself in weird lighting situations go on a hike with a friend and take photos in different lighting situations take photos inside your house at different lighting situations because everything is going to come up during a wedding day and if you aren't prepared the stress is not fun (laughs) (laughs) oh come on there's no stress in a wedding day um But even if like these, these photographers that travel, you know, don't make an actual wedding the first time you've shot there. I mean, Mm -mm. that's, that to me is like a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. I think honestly, you should be able to go, you should go and research the area you're shooting in. If there's a venue, sometimes they'll let you in on a Tuesday to go walk around beforehand. Go make sure you can figure out and edit the photos. Don't just take them, go through and edit them and make sure that the lighting looks good and research and learn how to do better in that area. So you're prepared for that day or hike the area, take a drive, in, I use Onyx Maps all the time. I know it's a hunting program and I use no, it for we that use, too. Yep. But I use it, it for event planning just because, you know, no, you never know where we're going to end up. So Exactly. And so, you know, as a photographer, I, a lot of times driving through, I'll mark on Onyx Maps beautiful spots for taking photos when I am taking wedding photos in that location because maybe they want to do a two-minute drive. Right. But driving around the area and or hiking the area at the time of day that you're going to be there for those photos is very important. Well, that's um, yes. so you're prepared. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, couples look to the photographer to like because they don't especially destination weddings they don't know the area they just know that they want beautiful pictures and you know it's it's up to the photographer to say you know hey down the road here a mile there's a beautiful spot you know or you know we can take a 10 minute drive if you want and i got i but they have to know the area Yes, that's a big thing as a Montana photographer is knowing the area and taking the time to learn all of that because, again, your clients don't, a lot of times, don't know the area. Even if they live in town, they haven't seen half of the pretty areas out there. And it's your choice and chance to get the most beautiful photos you can for this couple and provide a really good service by taking them to these pretty areas and a lot of times I end up driving them there because a lot of times people aren't prepared for the roads right or say you're in Kalispell and you're wanting to go to Glacier for this elopement there's not it's gonna be way too expensive to Uber up to Glacier Park or something right go and pick them up you know, or they aren't ready for the snow in a rental car with bad tires. And I have a pickup and four wheel drive and I grew up in this, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is different. And pre- honestly, preparing your couples too. That's something I think a lot of photographers when they start out don't realize is they need to prepare their couples for the weather. Say, Hey, it's going to be raining, bring a rain, you know, bring an umbrella. If you're yeah. willing to take these photos still, you know, elopements, a lot of times they can't replan tell them to bring hand warmers or bring some in your car, bring something warm to drink because 
I've taken photos when it's negative 25 degrees outside and you've got to warm up your hands for 10 minutes. You know, you have to prepare your couples for that too when they are booking the session, depending on the time of year. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh, Montana. We love you. (laughs) So, well, how can people get a hold of you? Um, So they can reach me through my website, which is uh, Sabrina Marie Photography dot my pixie set.com or they can reach me through my instagram at sabrina marie dot photography dot mt or my email which is also sabrina marie dot photography dot mt at gmail.com i'm more than open talking to the people visiting if they want advice too as being a wedding photographer um i just love working with clients and i love meeting new people fantastic oh gosh This has been so wonderful. Thank you for taking time out to talk with me and to share, you know, what you know, and and hopefully this has helped some couples and um, aspiring photographers as well. Um, So thank you again. And this- Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, we can do this again because- that <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk after wedding season too you know and perfect this, this is kind of like pre-wedding season talking and then after wedding season is a whole different conversation usually um <laughs> thank you all for for tuning in to uh montana wedding talk uh brought to you by montana wedding solutions uh we have a facebook group that you can go to um, Montana Wedding Solutions and learn more from photographers like Sabrina and other and other uh, vendors. Uh, we also have a website coming up, um, MontanaWeddingSolutions.com, and we're going to have all kinds of fun things going on. And I think that's about it. So thank you for joining us and have a fabulous day. Thanks for joining Montana Wedding Talk today. For more wedding inspiration and resources, visit MontanaWeddingSolutions.com. Connect with our vibrant community on Facebook at Montana Wedding Solutions. Remember to subscribe and catch us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next time, happy planning and cheers to your Montana love story.